What's good, everybody? Welcome to the PlayStation Report. I'm Frank, and right now I'm drinking Jen Pfeiffer's Rocket Like a Redhead. Uh, it's a it's a red wine. I just took took a took a swig before we started this, and it's okay. And I'm going to be okay. Are you okay, Tyler? <laughs> I'm all right. Yeah, I'm all right. Are I'm... you a are you a red wine? drinker do you I, like dry wines you, you've seen me do i look like a man who has discerning taste it's wine i'll drink i'll, <laughs> I'll put anything in my body <laughs> no i i know but uh but i do yeah. i do like red wines um I, yeah typically drier wines are are more my thing um there are occasionally some sweet wines that i that i like so it's not gotcha. It's not not like I'm ex I'm exclusively a dry wine drinker. Um, yeah. Sometimes I get gotcha. that sweet tooth, man. Sometimes, yeah, I, yeah. Sometimes that's those sweet wines. They just taste like juice, literally. Mm, yeah. So yeah, uh, we're here to do a show. Um, we're going to talk about some game. Tyler, I know I said I'd, I'd have more to say about Star Wars Star Wars Jedi Survivor, but I've played exactly zero Star Wars Jedi Survivor since we last talked. <laughs> me too. Oh, shit. Yeah, me too. I I decided I'm just going to finish up some other stuff before I start Jedi Survivor cuz I, I had a few things kind of kind of open. So, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I I have a bad feeling that uh, this Star Wars game is going to be the victim of, hey, wait, there are these other games out now, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe. I mean, they, they are patching it, like, very quickly, it seems like. So, I don't know. To me, I'm like, you know, I'm kind of fine waiting still but a Tears little bit, of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom is this week. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's fine, you know. Yeah, and that brings me to the get... first game I've been playing, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, you jump yeah. in, jumping back in, starting over. <laughs> oh, because okay. it's been so long, I forgot how to do everything. So I'm, yeah, I'm not sure like how far I'm going to get into it before I decide. You know what? I've played enough, and I'm going to go play Tears of the Kingdom. But have you heard of Breath of the Wild? It's a pretty fucking good game. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, I, I don't know. I think it's trash. You know. No, I'm kidding. I love that game. That's one of my favorite games ever. Dude, yeah, it's it's, it's magical. It's incredible. Yeah, it's and like the the really incredible thing about it to me is that it's and it probably shouldn't surprise me, but it's Nintendo doing something like this where like we've had fucking open world games forever. Like and <laughs> uh, up until Breath of the Wild, like They've all they've all like kind of I don't know, more or less been on that Ubisoft model of uh oh look at all these fucking symbols on a map. Um but since Breath of the Wild, I mean I I feel like we've seen a lot more a lot more trust put into players in in open world games. For there are some examples of that. Um and yeah, I just man Nintendo redefined a genre that is so vast and wide, both literally and figuratively, and uh, I, yeah, it it still blows me away that it was Nintendo that blew open the open world game the way it did. Right. Yeah, I think it's just yeah, it's just Nintendo. They're very creative. Obviously, that's why they stuck around for so long and still always made great games. Yeah, but even if maybe like their hardware isn't good, but you know it's uh yeah it's amazing that they truly redefine that. Yeah, I think I, I think ahead. the thing that I'm used to Nintendo doing is like, oh, this is again like I mean I'm not saying it's wholly different, but like this is a genre that we know about and we've seen many iterations of. What weird new mechanic are they going to introduce to that? Breath of the Wild wasn't just adding a new mechanic. It was just reconceptualizing how you explore an open world. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'll i never forget. I mean, I have so many awesome memories of Breath of the Wild playing it, but my favorite is when I actually finished it, or decided I was going to finish it. 
Uh, it was storming. I was still living with my parents. It was storming like crazy. And um, basically, I didn't want to play. Uh, I just kind of wanted to just lay around and just play Switch. Didn't want to play my my consoles or anything like that. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to do this thing. But my Switch was dying. And I was up in my room and I had it plugged in while I was playing. But for some reason, I guess the outlet that I was plugged into didn't have enough power going to it. So my Switch was actually still dying. And I was like in the middle of fighting Ganondorf at the end. And I was like, oh no, this is just crazy. And yeah, just the visuals at the end and everything. So um, not only is the ending very good, very intense, um, but uh, my Switch dying made it even more intense. It was was such a fun time. What what a great fucking game. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and... I mean, it's, what, five, what, five years old now? Five or six? It'll be, was, it's six years old, six actually. Six years old. That was 2017, yeah. March. Yeah. yeah. Damn, it's I crazy. Did. It doesn't, like, I can't believe it's been over a decade since that game. That's just, that makes me fucking sad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just can't believe it. It just doesn't, it feels like yesterday. Yeah. Ah. Uh. And it's still like it's still a really good game to go back and play. That's that's the other thing I wanted yeah. to say is like it's like having forgotten a lot about it, going back and playing it, it still feels fresh. Right. I can't wait. I can't wait for Tears of Kingdom. It it looks so wacky. Yeah. I, I like all this like vehicle stuff and. I don't know, just everything flying around. I mean, it just—it almost looks like it might be too much, but I'm sure I'm sure it'll click when you when we start playing. I can't I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, that that's gonna be. Yeah, that that's this fucking Friday, man. I can't I can't believe it. Um, yeah. Uh, what other games have you played? Because I've only really got one other thing that I've been playing. Um, and that was on my phone. <laughs> so, uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, I just had two things. Uh, finished The Last of Us Part 1. Um, nothing too much to add to that. Uh, it's a good experience. It's a great experience if you've never played this game. This is hands down the definitive version of this game. Um, and, you know, if you're, if you want to replay, experience this game again, you know, I think it's worth picking it up on a on a discount um but it's still still a high quality experience i love it um so it was very fun to go through that again um so yeah not too much to add there but glad i glad i played through it um and then the other thing i've been spending a good amount of time with which i'm almost done with i think i have like a mission and a half left is uh just the burning shores expansion for horizon Forbidden West, um, been plowing through that and really have been enjoying it way more than I thought I was going to. Um, I forget the frozen, frozen wilds, I think was the DLC for horizon zero dawn. Yes. And it was good. Yeah, it was good, but it wasn't, uh, very memorable or important to the overall world of horizon, in my opinion. Um, but I'm actually surprised how almost important I would think, and I haven't even finished it yet, just I would wonder with the story that is in this DLC and where it seems like it's heading, if you don't play this DLC before the inevitable Horizon 3 comes out, um, you might actually be a little confused. Um, I'm just kind of surprised with some of the stuff that they've thrown in here, but it's, it's really good. Um, it's quite fascinating actually. Um, and yeah, I think Aloy in the relationship she has with some of the other characters so far throughout this DLC is, is very fun. Um, and just visually just holy smokes. I am just, I was blown away by Forbidden West. I, I think this DLC too, I'm just absolutely stunned by. Like, dude, it's just anywhere you move, it's just a fucking painting that is 
Like, I just don't know how this is real. Um, and, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to say, I think this is hands down the most beautiful game I've ever seen. Hmm. Like, I think the Burning Shores and what they've done um, kind of, I don't know, it's hard to, it's hard to put it. Uh, there is this one story mission, I don't really want to spoil anything, but just the way the lighting works and the way there's these objects in the background i was like this is fucking dope it is so fucking cool and then you're fighting dudes and it's like it's just doesn't even seem like it could be real with how good it looks um and yeah and i i will say too water usually water looks very good in video games unless you're the quarry and it's horrific um but this is the best fucking water i've ever seen and I'm just continuously mind blown in this game how you can just be on an island, then go down and swim underneath the water, and there's all this uh, fish and machines down there, and they're just living, they're doing their thing, there's things to find, and it's just, it's nuts as a game. Um, so it's been fun to go back to it and very much enjoying it, but I am definitely close to the end. Um, and the last thing I'll say about it, it's actually been pretty tough. Too. I'm playing on just normal difficulty. I am way over leveled for at least what they're saying you you should be for the quest. Um, I even got some new gear that's in this DLC. There are some fights here that have just been kicking my fucking ass. Uh, and I don't know. I think Horizon can be very thrilling to play when it's hard. And it's yeah you just kind of shut everything out and you're just doing you're just trying to survive um and it it can be a good good time so enjoying the challenge of this game too so yeah i'll probably have that finished here very very soon cool yeah um yeah i still haven't played horizon forbidden west at all i i need to find time maybe when yeah, it's it Maybe when it comes out on PC and I get it on that Steam Deck. Maybe that's a good Steam Deck game. <laughs> yeah, it might. Yeah, I would wonder how much they would maybe have to compromise the visuals if they have to do anything at all. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good game, for sure. I think when it comes to, you know, we're talking about Breath of the Wild. When it comes to this style of open world game where it is a little bit more quest-based objective markers things like that i think horizon is in forbidden west specifically is the best one of those i think it just does all those things very well i can see how it can still be a turnoff to someone uh, or overwhelming or whatever but if you want that style of game that's a little bit more check boxy um horizon really Really knocks it out of the park there. Yeah. Um, I guess lastly, I'll, I'll just get on to it. Um, so I, I think I talked a little bit last week about a board game. Did I not? About, yes, about you Wingspan. Did. You did. Yep. The game with the birds. Well, I bought the mobile version of that. And I've been playing oh. it pretty much nonstop. Uh, I... <laughs> I've become obsessed with the birds, Tyler. Oh, shit. The birds have taken over my life. Um, it's really cool. Uh, I played online with a few friends, um, and that works just fine. It's it's actually quite easy to, to play a game online. Um, there are different modes. You can do a quick mode where every player only has five minutes per round, or you can play the long game where, like, if you want to play a game over the course of a couple of days, you can do that. Like, there's 72-hour turns if you want to play that way as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, 72 real hours. Yeah, yeah. You have 72 wow. hours to continue the game um, if you want. Wow. And yeah, if if you... I mean, that's good for some people who, like... Yeah, I'll, I'll take a turn here or there. Um, but and then we can pick this up some other time. Um yeah, uh, and then there are the weekly challenges, of which I am... Uh, I I don't know how people are getting the scores that they're getting for these weekly challenges. Maybe I'm just not good. 
but I feel like I do pretty decently playing the game uh, against other people, against the AI, what, whatever. Um, but, man, the scenarios they set up for the weekly challenges really require uh, some puzzle solving. Uh, more than just thinking about playing the game, you have to kind of solve a puzzle to uh, get your scores up there. Um, and yeah, I, I have yet to uh, post a really good score for that. But I am enjoying myself, and I really like the birds, and I actually bought the physical version of this game, and I think the next time we all have a hangout sesh sometime, we should play it. Sure, yeah. Does uh, the mobile version do a good job of replicating the board game? Yeah, yeah, it does. And in ways, it's almost easier because... Uh, it doesn't let you forget when your cards have abilities that are triggering, which sometimes happens when you're playing the physical game. You kind of forget, oh, wait, another player laid eggs on their birds? I have a card that says I do this when they do that. Um, and sometimes you can kind of forget about those abilities. And then, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it is a pretty good uh, representation of the game. Sweet. When you uh, mentioned you were playing a mobile game, I thought you were going to be talking about Honkai Imp, in those snails. Honkai Star Rail? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll get back to it. Um, gotcha. It's just like, this is my most recent obsession, is uh, this fucking game with the birds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> learning a lot about birds, too. Um, the the mobile version, and I, I imagine the Steam version does this as well, they have voiceover tracks for whenever you play a bird you haven't played before. It gives you a little tidbit about the bird. All right. Hell yeah. Nice. That's enough about birds. That's enough about uh, the games we've been playing. Let's see what happened in the news uh, since the last time we talked. Um, oh, God. Every time... So... Every time we s I see a story about Diablo 4 and its battle pass, and now we're seeing its pricing. Let me see how much this fucking battle pass costs. Okay, a $10 battle pass. And if I remember correctly, they said it'll take 100 hours to complete a battle pass or something like that? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, uh, there's, there's a premium pass for, for $10. The accelerated pass for twenty five dollars, which will auto like the only thing it does extra, I think, is unlock some more tiers and give you an emote here. Um, yeah, the seasons last three months, um, so yeah, I mean, do with that information what you will, but God, I mean, the pricing here isn't terrible. I'll say that, like, it's it's similar to other battle passes I've seen. But the sheer amount of time you have to put into it to complete one of these, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, yeah, $10 is in line with everything else. Uh, all the other battle passes it is a lot of time. Um, it's purely cosmetic as well. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of interesting. There's going to be... Uh, so this season's going to start in mid to late July, and there's going to be four seasons per year, basically. Um, so what what's kind of interesting, and I wonder if they'll change this, is just because this is mostly supposed to be cosmetic, like, none of these seasons are, there's going to be, like, no narrative content in them at all. Um, so I wonder if they'll change that at all, because I feel like that that's a decent hook for something like this is to have a little bit of story there um, to get you to buy in. I mean, that's one thing that's great about Destiny's Battle Pass um, is, you know, there's there's actual narrative to it. And to um, an extent, uh, Fortnite does this as well. Like, maybe it's not right. narrative. Like, well, there is narrative in there, but, I, I mean, I'm not sure how many yeah. people care about that story, but they do change a lot season to season, and, like, there are themes to these seasons, and it yeah, it's right. Yeah, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but it's just it's just more of a hook there to to get people to buy in. Um, so I wonder if they'll they'll change that at all uh, as this goes along. Because I mean, cosmetics are cool. Um, 
you know, in Diablo, that is, you want your character to look cool. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, but I, I have to contest that. I don't care if my character looks cool. I want my character to rip fucking through hordes of true. enemies. That is yeah. the primary goal I have when I'm playing Diablo. But, I'm looking that for that true. build to just get me to fucking punch a hole through everything. Yeah. I just wonder what the hook's going to be. I don't know. I, I mean, I'll maybe check out this battle pass at least once. Um, but I just wonder what the hook is time after time if it's just cosmetics. Yeah. That's it. You know, not, I'm not advocating for them to all of a sudden start locking all, all sorts of awesome fucking gear and stuff behind this. I think that'll get them a lot of uproar, but I don't know. Something, something else would be nice, but yeah. We'll see. Not not too fucking far away at all from this no. game. I think there's actually, a, yeah, that the, the open beta for everyone is uh, this weekend. Yeah. The, the one where they want you to uh, flood their servers. <laughs> yes. Yes. So everyone's getting in. Um, yeah. There's uh, also going to be a a real cash cat. What <laughs> I can't speak. Cash shop, um, which is also just going to be purely cosmetics. But that's something else that's going to be there. I guess if you don't want the uh, the battle pass, seems like it'll be very Fortnite like or eververse of just a bunch of rotating cosmetics that you could buy with actual money if you want to. Yeah. As well. All right. Um Let's uh let's talk about Mortal Kombat 12 here. Not much to talk about, honestly. Um not yet anyway. Uh Ed Boon's out here still on uh twitter.com. Um it's uh it's looking like maybe we're going to get a reveal for the next Mortal Kombat game pretty soon. Um, Ed Boon does not pay for a blue a blue check mark. Okay. <laughs> I just <laughs> no, wanted to check not. that real quick. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a real one. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, not too much to say here, but... I think we learned through like a Warner Brothers um, earnings call or something that this game was coming, and that was like the first time we really heard that. Yeah. I think it was inevitable that they were going to make a Mortal Kombat 12. It's just a matter of when. So, yeah, now they're out there teasing it. I hope so badly that this just lines up with some sort of PlayStation showcase. That would be cool. I think they um, they did do some like. Uh, showcase partnering marketing all that stuff with Mortal Kombat 11 I thought or maybe it was 10 I know 10 they did definitely did more uh, Mortal Kombat 10 I can't remember if they did 11 or not but either way yeah that'd be sweet since that is rumored to to happen this feels like it could be a really cool reveal at something like that get a good pop yeah. all right uh we went over the uh, PlayStation Plus games that are coming to everybody last week. Uh, now we have the additional games that are coming to uh, the Plus games catalog. Uh, what? Hold on. Who gets the Plus games catalog? Is that everybody? No, Extra and Premium. Right. Extra and Premium members will get these. Um, then we've got the Classics game catalog. Adding some games here. So we're just going to run down these real quick. Um God damn, I'm seeing some games here that are real fucking good. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Watch Dogs Legion, Humanity, Dishonored 2, Dishonored Death of the Outsider, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin, Tomb Raider Definitive, Definitive Edition, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Boss Simulator 21 Next Stop, The Evil Within 2, Wolfenstein Youngblood, Thymesia, um, Rain World, Lake, Conan Exiles, Rune Factory 5 Special, Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town, and Soundfall. Those will all be coming, uh, what day is this? May, doesn't have a, May 16th. Um, these games will be coming. 
Uh, and joining the Classics catalog, he got Siphons, Filter, Logan, Shadow, Blade Dancer, Lineage of Light, Pursuit, Force, and Ghostbusters, the video game remastered. Um, kind of disappointing on the Classics front, if you ask me. But Yeah, I was, I was just going to say that. But yeah, a lot Definitely of good games coming to coming to the service. Man, you got to play Ratchet and Clank. Oh yeah, if you haven't played that, play it. That game is fucking awesome. Um, also, if you want to know how good Arcane used to be, play Dishonored Two. Yeah. <laughs> um, that game is probably one of my favorite games ever. I love that game. Um, and yeah, that Shadow there that Tomb Raider trilogy is pretty good. Um, yeah, more more Bethesda games, which was something last month that was kind of interesting. How many Bethesda games came to the service? Um, but uh, also, do yourself a favor and do not play Wolfenstein Youngblood. Yeah, that's unless you're like desperate and you have someone to play with. But even then, there's better things you can do with a friend. Yeah, and there are better things <laughs> on this list. I think you can do with a friend. Um, Absolutely, I would. I would recommend uh, playing Conan Exiles with a friend before uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood. <laughs> Go out there. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Watchdogs Legion you... is Watchdogs Legion uh, multiplayer. I think it is right. Mm, it has that's a to good have question. Some sort of multiplayer. I don't know if it does. I kind of, I'm kind of curious. I kind of dismissed Watch Dogs Legion when it came out, but you know, I liked Watch Dogs too. Yeah, me Maybe. too. Hmm. Watch Dogs Two is awesome. First game was fine. It just didn't live up to the potential that their reveal of it had. Uh, but then the second one was very good. Yeah, I, I I didn't really check out Legion, but might have to check that out. For sure. Um, Our, Humanity. Yeah. Is that the game from the Tetris Effect developer? Yeah. The I think it Tetris is. So Effect I guess that's... And, the, um, and Res Infinite, right? Those are... Right. Enhance, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, this game that's must a be new game. That's a new fucking game. Right. It's coming out at launch. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Huh. The, the the lemmings game except it's not lemmings you're leading people which uh, I don't know how you feel about that but it's it's funny to me yeah yeah <laughs> you play the dog and the people follow the dog because who wouldn't follow the dog <sighs> Tyler it looks like you want to talk about EA here you put in a whole EA block yeah just just a few things. We can kind of run through some of these. Um, this one, it's, I don't know. Not surprising, I guess. But yeah, Dragon Age Dreadwolf, probably not coming out this year. Oh, um, Not even on their EA's upcoming games for their fiscal earnings that they just went over. So, yeah, not, not surprised by that at all. Uh, I hope this game's good. We've talked about that a lot, though. But yeah, um, so that would be the first one here. <laughs> and yeah, obviously, EA very popular. So is very big. They make a lot of money. So is Activision Blizzard, who is trying to be purchased by Microsoft. EA said, "Nah, that, that doesn't uh, bother it, uh, bother us at all. That they are being purchased." Um, and, yeah, just a whole bunch of wordy CEO stuff of how they feel like they got the right network, IP, talent to continue to navigate the future and lead the future of entertainment and compete in the marketplace, which is probably true. Um, but, yeah, they just said nah, nah to that. Um, and then I thought this one was kind of interesting. Uh, EA CEO Andrew Wilson said that one of the greatest beneficiaries beneficiaries of AI will be video games. Nah, Andrew Wilson. And he, and you shut the fuck up. <laughs> which this is some of his words. I'm just going to go through this. This is from uh, IGN here. I'm reading from. 
Addressing the question about AI, Wilson began by saying the games industry would probably be one of the greatest beneficiaries of, the, of AI. He described AI as an augment to EA's teams, as well as a way to allow players to create content within EA's worlds. However, he also addressed some of the fears about AI in not the most reassuring way. The fear of displacement, this, uh, this is back to Andrew Wilson, quote, the, the fear of displacement of the workforce is something we read a lot about and we talk a lot about, Wilson said. And as we think about every revolution over the course of time, from the agricultural revolution to the industrial revolution and on, there's been displacement of the workforce in the near term and then a meaningful increases in workforce opportunities over the longer term. Our hope is that AI represents the same opportunity, and we're working very closely inside of our company to ensure that our people benefit in what that our people benefit in that way and actually facilitate them to do more things. Do you think AI will be like in the industrial revolution or something like that if it is it is maybe the grimmest thing i can imagine <laughs> yes because that is what I exactly under our, like under our current capitalist system ai will be here's the thing you don't tip the i mean you don't pay a wage to a self checkout machine do you you don't nope you don't tip an automatic car wash Uh, by that principle you'd think that you don't have to pay for work that AI does right so ultimately that association with oh a machine made this why am i paying for it or why am i paying so much for it it's just a machine doing this not everyone's going to be doing that there are going to be other companies who or other developers who can't use ai um and those people are going to be making games but the general population of people who play video games will just see a video game and be like oh yeah we don't really believe that people make these anymore um which devalue like it just devalues the whole thing uh, in, in my opinion like the value of work done by some algorithm is not as valuable as work done by an actual human being um and a lot of people just won't see that association or won't won't really care to distinguish how things are being made and we'll just assume that, oh, yeah, of course this is cheap. Of course that this is driving down the price of games. If it does eventually, I don't know. Um, I don't know that it will do that. But, like, it's j- it is depressing to think that there are so many talented people who want to make video games. But then companies like EA are going to be so eager to have a machine do that work. It's, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like AI is going to crush a lot of people's dreams. And um, it isn't a revolution we should be clamoring for. Yeah, I'm with you because AI can theoretically do pretty much anything if you program it right and blah, blah, blah. And maybe it'll just fucking take over. Who knows? Um, It's already doing some scary ass shit if you ask me. Yeah. so, yeah, it's not like the Industrial Revolution where all of a sudden there's new technology and tools to create things. Um, sure, it took away jobs, but yeah, it then created jobs down the road, blah, blah, blah. I just, I just don't see that with AI, to me. Um, I just think it, it can definitely replace a lot of things. And um, Which yeah, way? it's like, one of those things. It wouldn't be a problem. If AI replaced jobs, if people didn't need jobs to survive. Yes. And and in this company or this country need jobs for health insurance and things like that. Like to me, like AI taking off and capitalism don't go together at all. And it's kind of scary to think about. 
um, because because of what yeah what could could happen. I mean, I mean, in a way, it kind of does, but in the most like heartbreaking way, where uh, yeah, the rich right. rich people want to get rid of as many poor people as they can, and this is a way they right. can do that. Yeah, that, that's that's definitely a better way to put it. Um, the AI and uh, capitalism don't go together to to me in like a moral way, <laughs> you could say. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I see what they're saying too, though, about some of these things like using AI for live service games to like create content or something like that. Like, I could see that being a benefit, but you know, I just feel like eventually we will get to the point where it'll almost be a selling point that this movie or this game is not created with AI. Yeah. It's handcrafted, you know, almost like procedural generation. I mean, I'm, I mean, it, they're totally different things, but when you see something that's like handcrafted levels versus procedural generation, you're like, like Oh, thank fuck. It's like the you organic know? aisle of a grocery store. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I don't know. Maybe this will force, force maybe isn't the right word. Maybe the indie scene will continue to expand more um, with this. I don't know. Not because they'll use AI, but because they got put out of jobs. I don't know. <laughs> That's kind of grim to think about. But yeah, ugh, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it. I watched a video. I love watching this YouTube channel called uh, Mitsos. Um, basically all they do is like, they'll take modern F1 cars and be like, uh, this is uh spa from the fifties. This is old Hockenheim. Um, and they'll do a lap around this track. This is, uh, F1 on a formula E circuit or whatever. It's really, really cool to watch. Um, they recently just uploaded a video of, chat gpt creating an uh, an f1 track and they were like is this a good track or not and it wasn't bad and i'm like that's scary that's scary you know <laughs> god damn god damn it just sucks it sucks where we're going with this shit yeah <sighs> yeah um the only so, ai yeah. i respect is Alan Iverson. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. In AI. Is he is he the one that, like, uh, stepped over someone in a playoff game? I, I thought it was. It I was a long, so. long time ago, but I remember seeing a lot of videos of that. I think he just, like, fucking hit his shot and just, like, stepped over this dude in, like, such disrespect. It's awesome. Um, Apparently he's a really chill yeah. dude in retirement. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah, so then the the only other thing here is uh, I found this kind of interesting. Uh, EA said that FIFA 23 is the best-selling game in their enti- in that entire franchise. So this is going to be the last FIFA game made by EA since they are dropping the name and moving on to EA Sports FC. So, yeah, they make a lot of money off this shit. Wonder how much they will continue to make dropping the FIFA license. Um, but yeah, raking in the dough. Up 31% year over year. FIFA. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. And then FIFA still has yet to announce their plans to make a video game. Like, they said they're going to make a video game, but they have not announced a video game. Right. Uh, you've had this other thing in here about EA's CEO, Andrew Wilson, commenting on uh, the Activision Blizzard deal. Um, yeah, I think I, th- I did go over that. Um, okay. Yeah, I just they didn't... basically just said that they kind of don't give a shit about it. Okay. Um, and that they feel they have they have everything to still compete. Um, and even ta- when he was asked about all the consolidation in the industry. He didn't really say anything of like, yeah, well, we're looking to get bought. It was more like, we feel like we are stable enough to basically not get bought, I guess. Mm. Mm. Makes you makes you think, are they just posturing? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Mm. One other thing he said I thought was interesting is just that when it comes to publishers, that EA is basically 
Microsoft's biggest partner. Um, I mean, there's EA, what is it, EA Play on Game Pass and everything too. So he said that that's going to continue to go no matter what this, what happens with this active act, yeah, acquisition. So yeah, kind of interesting, I guess, to see EA, which I feel like they they have really turned a lot of things around um, over the past few years. Um, not saying they're the greatest company or anything like that, but um, they're definitely doing a little bit better. Maybe not in terms of some of their sports titles like Madden, but um, it's interesting, though, to see them speak like this and sound confident, whereas I just feel like Ubisoft's the total opposite. They're just lost, you know? And I, I feel like those these two companies have totally swapped positions compared to, say, five, six years ago. Alright, it's time to get into uh, some news that might not be news, I don't know. Um, Hollow Knight Silk Song, if you believed it was coming in the first half of 2023, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, that's not the case. Um, <laughs> we, we don't know when, I mean, they said... It's delayed past the first half. They don't. They did not say it's coming the second half of 2023. So there really isn't any news about when Hollow Knight Silk Song is coming out. Just not the first half of this year. <laughs> yeah, they. I think a lot of this came from Microsoft's showcase last summer, where they were like, "Everything you see here comes out in the next 12 months," and Hollow Knight was in that. They never. I feel like uh, the developer never fully confirmed that but I feel like there was some hope I just feel like this game's been fucking announced and shown off for an eternity so there was maybe some belief there but obviously yeah we're almost out of May so or halfway through May I should say so yeah no way this is happening yeah uh Game Freak is doing something different uh Partnering with Private Division to make a samurai game? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Um, you know what? I'm going to let them have this. I think Game Freak has been doing Pokemon for so long. <laughs> they should do something different, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of times I totally forget that Game Freak is not wholly owned by Nintendo. Um, you know, just with how much they do with Pokemon. So, yeah, every once in a while, they will do something like this. Um, and I thought the concept art was very interesting, and then also partnering with Private Division is also very fascinating. Them saying it's going to be a triple-A action-adventure game, also interesting. Um, there's no actual that I can find platforms that have been announced for this, but I would assume, you know, all the consoles. My only worry. Now, I know we're only really seeing concept art of this, which looks cool. We haven't seen any gameplay of it or anything. I don't know. My worry is just, uh, look at that performance, at least at launch of Scarlet and Violet. Now, I'm talking technical performance. Right. Um, you know. <laughs> what, what, what platforms is this game going to be on? I, yeah, I mean, I would imagine PS5, Series X, PC at least. It's this even. I'd be sh- would this even be a Nintendo Switch game? Because in that case, maybe it's the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> maybe. I mean, what they said. Yeah, little is known about Project Bloom, including its platforms. It is confirmed to be early in development. It's expected to launch sometime between April 2025 and March 2026. Ooh. I guess another thought, that though, might could be... on be, the next Nintendo console. Yes. So Nintendo recently said that there's no new Switch launching in the next year. But this is obviously after that. So maybe. It's a total possibility. Yeah. I just wonder what, what technical performance they'll have on consoles that have more hardware. Maybe it'll be better. Yeah. Who knows? But either way, I think I'm... I'm very curious about this. Just Game Freak doing something completely different. 
Mm. Well, Bungie is uh, not doing anything different. They're still filing lawsuits. Um, they've won another lawsuit against a Destiny 2 cheat maker. They have been awarded $6.7 million in damages and legal fees against Lavi cheats. Um, hey, y'all, um, maybe don't cheat. De- maybe don't create cheats for Destiny 2, whether you're cheating or not. I don't care. But maybe don't create cheats uh, because Bungie is not shy about this. Do you think? Um, do you think Sony acquired Bungie to make their money back in lawsuits? <laughs> yeah, I kind of wonder that they are making a lot of money off these lawsuits. Um, what What I find interesting about this whole thing is the defendant never responded to the suit at all. Um, and now, yeah, they're forced to pay six point seven million dollars. I just and this lobby cheats out of India, apparently. Um, yeah, I just wonder if they're totally fucked with this now, which yeah, is a little sad. But also, don't don't fucking do this shit. Or they just never intend to pay the money to begin like yeah. to begin with, and they're just going to disappear. <laughs> right. Which honestly, in this situation, I might do if I were found guilty and owing Bungie six point seven million dollars. I might just disappear. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh. Uh, we've got other numbers in the millions, uh, category, uh, 8.4 million units of Horizon Forbidden West have sold, uh, franchise up to now has sold 32.7 million. I'd say that, uh, Gorilla has done very well with this, uh, this new IP they only started, like, not too long ago. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are, these are great numbers. Um, I, well, maybe 8.4 is a little on the softer side, but, you know, the game, while it's still on PS4, which has a huge install base, PS5, especially when this launched, didn't have as many consoles out as it does now, so I feel like this game's going to have a pretty big tail to it, but 32.7 million overall, that's pretty damn good. Um, still... You know, we're seeing Sony's franchises get up there more and more in terms of pretty large sales numbers, um, but still nowhere near what Nintendo sells with some yeah. of their games. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just what's nuts to me. Like Nintendo has multiple games on the Switch. I feel like that have sold thirty-two point seven million or more, or close to it at least. I mean, it's just nuts. Um, what Nintendo sells and they never drop the price of their games or anything. Um, so yeah, pretty good though. N- not, not too bad for, you know, shifting their studio, doing something totally different and, uh, creating a pretty strong IP. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what the next new IP from Sony is going to be. If we do get one, just don't know who i don't know yeah don't know either outside of maybe some of these newer studios that they uh they recently bought um i just feel like yeah some of the studios they've had for a while now are probably doing sequels yeah like i can't see a world where like sucker punch doesn't do a follow-up to ghost of tsushima that game sold so fucking well you know it'd be crazy not to do a follow-up to that and obviously, like, Naughty Dog's doing something Last of Us related, and, yeah. Okay. Uh, just looking at the... Let's do the Summer Game Fest thing last year. Let's talk about a Plague Tale Requiem here real quick. They're getting a 60 FPS performance mode uh, for a Plague Tale Requiem. That is coming... Uh, when is that happening? Um... Uh, doesn't say when it when yeah, I guess it's might be out now oh it might um, yeah, yeah. Hmm. um yeah this obviously isn't the biggest news story but I know this was uh one of the big hubbubs about this game when it launched was not being at 60 frames and that seems to be a very big thing nowadays if you look at Redfall or Gotham Knights 
Uh, I think think uh, people are very much expecting 60 frames anymore now with these consoles. So, yeah, it's good. I'm kind of glad I haven't played it yet because now I will definitely play this at 60 frames. Yeah. All right, Tyler. It's time. We have a schedule for Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest. Um, if you've been out of the loop, E3 isn't happening. Jeff Keighley has taken over and has organized uh, a series of showcases. Um, and it's all starting June 1st. Um, jumping out ahead of everybody is MetaQuest with the MetaQuest Gaming Showcase. Um, June 1st at 10 a.m. Pacific time. It's scheduled to be about a 40-minute show with a 15-minute pre-show. Um, yeah, going over some VR stuff. Maybe uh, Zuckerberg will be there to prove to try to prove that he's human, except I don't think anyone's going to believe him at this point. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, I don't either. Maybe he'll show off his forehead. <laughs> Fuck it. I fucking I still hate that they call it the Meta <laughs> Quest now. It, the fucking Oculus was a fine name. Yeah, it was a cool name. It's fucking it. everything's meta now, and that's just a stupid fucking name. Yeah. Cool. Uh, um, want to alternate here? We'll just alternate. Yeah. Uh, next up's the Gorilla Collect Gorilla Collective. Um, this runs from June sixth to thirteenth, um, and it's just. Use typically past few years, this just shows off a ton of indie games. Um, also, uh, has hosts uh, from Black Voices and Gaming and Dames for Games as well. So, usually some cool indie games come out of this. Yeah. Every year. Okay. Yeah. Similarly, June seventh uh, is the start of Tribeca Games Festival. This is running from the seventh through the eighteenth. Um, is the interactive side of annual f- of the annual film festival highlights a small section of upcoming games nominated by Tribeca. The 2023 nominees have not been revealed yet, but last year's show featured exclusive trailers and developer interviews for each selection. The whole event runs from June 7th through the 18th. June 8th, Summer Game Fest, live. Um, this is a big one, one of the bigger ones, so I'm sure we'll get some Solid announcements out of this thing. You know, we got fucking Elden Ring one year, so why yeah. not? It's good to expect something out of this, I think. At least something. I just hope it's not four hours long. <laughs> Give me a nice nice 90 minutes, Jeff. Let's go. Yeah, Jeff. We de- we don't need Jeff's cut of this. We need, we need an actual <laughs> editor or someone to cut yeah. this down to... Ah. <laughs> I love that, the Jeff cut. June 10th, we have the future game show presented by Games Radar. Um, says they'll have about 40 new games there. It's June 10th at 10 a.m. So this is, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Next up is OTK Games Expo. Hosted by popular Twitch streamer Asmongold, who just joined by panelists Emiru and Asfond. I have no idea who these people are. Uh, the OTK the only... Games Expo is three hours that shines spotlights on 30 games. <laughs> the only person I recognize is Asmongold. And while I'm not sure about him as a person, some of his fans are kind of terrible. It was a whole hmm. hubbub when he swapped from World of Warcraft to Final Fantasy XIV, bringing his fans with him. Yeah... I mean, I don't know much about the dude, but, like, ugh. that was just a thing. I hope this, sh- this show is good, though. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I'm just a fucking old man with this stuff, dude. I, I have no idea who any of these yeah, streamers there was, are. There was just some drama. <laughs> I mean, typical streamer drama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Tyler, the big one for me, personally, June 11th. The Xbox Game Showcase slash Starfield Direct. This is at 10 a.m. on June 11th. And I need to know more about Starfield. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'm fiending for Starfield. And if Star... 
Correct. And to be honest, Xbox needs Starfield to hit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty grim, I feel like, for Xbox. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a whole thing. I feel like they need this show to be very strong, and they need Starfield to hit very well. They just they need something, for sure. Um, uh, June eleventh, still uh, PC gaming show, which has been around yeah. a couple of years. So, yeah, get something out of that. I'm sure. Uh, June twelfth is the Ubisoft Forward. Um, we're gonna see Just Dance, uh, and <laughs> I don't know what else. I imagine we'll see Avatar for sure. We'll probably see that. Uh, and that. Oh shit! What's what's that? Uh, that shooter that's not that's not Tom Clancy anymore. Mm, oh, uh, X Defiant. X Defiant. Yeah, we'll see X Defiant here. Yeah, which people are saying is good. I'm kind of shocked by that. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I'm but sure we'll trust see that. People. <laughs> yeah. Would you rather have an AI <laughs> tell you the game is good? I would, I would. <laughs> yes, then I know it's good. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's pretty much a given too. Obviously, seeing uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage and probably getting a date on that. Apparently, that is coming out in August. That is something that has leaked out recently. So, yeah, yeah. We got a few other things here. I mean, I'll just go through these real quick. Xbox is going to show some more stuff on June thirteenth. Uh, and then some things that don't have an announced time. Devolver Digital is going to do the Devolver thing. Uh, they've been doing, they've been doing their show for a bit now. <laughs> yeah, they have. Um, then we've got the Future of Play Direct, um, the Upload VR Showcase, and the Wholesome Games Direct. Do you think Nintendo, at all, regrets not you know trademarking the Direct? <laughs> maybe I don't know yeah it's, everyone definitely definitely copies them it, it, it's kind of funny like Sony was like ah, we can't really call them direct so let's how about state of play and then Xbox is like fuck it we're just going to use direct mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah I just I yeah I hope some, somewhere in there yeah I just hope somewhere in there is the Sony Showcase. Um, I heard they're going to go that would early. Be awesome. Like yeah, the, rumor the rumors may. Early. Yeah, the rumors may. So, kind of running out of days in May. So hopefully we'll get something soon. Yeah, I'd expect to maybe see that uh, Wolverine game. Yeah. And then beyond that, maybe the Last of Us project. Maybe we'll get Last of Us factions. But we've yeah, been saying was... that for fucking years now. So. I would say that's a given, for sure. Yeah. Exciting times for video games, with or without E3. I mean, this is, in a sense, the spirit of E3 here. Definitely. Yeah, I I just, yeah, I look at a lot of this stuff, and I just, I don't know where E3 fits into this. Maybe, Maybe these things should fit into E3, but... Yeah, with E3's absence, a lot of these things got established and no longer needed. E3 services. Get out of here. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. E3. <laughs> I think E3's dead forever. <laughs> I think so, too. Oh, yes. God, that hurts to say, but it's probably true. Yeah. Um, and that's all the video game news we have for y'all this week. Um, Tyler, real quick, Formula One update. I think F1 is boring again. You think so? Yeah. I think, and I know it was this way with Mercedes for years, but I think the inevitability of Red Bull is just like, I don't know, like, I just, (laughs) it just does, it doesn't seem to matter how many bad things happen to them? They're just yeah, gonna fucking come through anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I call it boring, uh, but 
I can see how people who were expecting 2021 every year thinks it's boring. Yeah. Um, and even like, I would there's say just so many disappointments. More... Like, I, I feel like they're just like, I feel like McLaren being so disappointing this year has kind of been mm. a bummer. Yeah. Um, Tari's kind well, of terrible. Yeah, and I think that's where I'm kind of at with this season of, I don't put it on Red Bull at all. Like, they build a great fucking car. Uh, I think everyone else did not take the steps that they should have. Like, especially Mercedes and Ferrari. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, I, I don't know. Because it, it, like, Ferrari started off last year, definitely the best car. Red Bull caught them, passed them. But they were still very competitive. Mercedes made some great gains towards the end of last season. And then they decided to still stick with this fucking concept and whatever. And their gains just aren't enough. So it's just created this gap. Um, yes, Red Bull got better, but I everyone else didn't get better enough. You know, that's, I don't know, that's, that's F1. It's still going to be F1, even with cost caps and restrictions and all sorts of stuff but i just feel like yeah i'm, I'm with you there i feel like I'm with the, you there like i feel like the bad teams this year are just truly terrible yeah yeah definitely <laughs> yeah there's some teams that just feel totally lost mclaren being one of them there's a, there's at I'm least like, three, man there's at least bad. like three or four teams that i'm like what the fuck are you doing out here <laughs> right right <sighs> I think also it it feels worse with Red Bull than maybe Mercedes. I don't know. I mean, it's only been a year and a bit for Red Bull. Um, but to me, it feels a little worse, or it could be worse, because Red Bull literally has no weakness at all. The car has no weaknesses. Uh, their team, both from pit stops and strategy, are flawless all the time, it feels like. And Checo's great, but Max Verstappen is a fucking machine. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if we find out he's a fucking AI robot, you know? Like, that dude is just nuts. And you put him in a car that is the best car in the field, and I just feel like this is what you're going to get all the time. That dude, he's just, I don't know, he's just very uh, flawless most of the time anymore. You know, obviously, he wasn't that for a number of years early in his career, but now it's just like, holy shit. Like, what he did in Miami with 45 uh, lap hard tires, how he was still pulling away from Checo and setting fast his laps and stuff. I'm like, this dude is nuts. I just feel like there's like no one out there that, uh, that can do that. Yeah. I also think... Um, one thing that I feel like Max comes on the radio every race and goes, my upships aren't working right. They're not smooth. And it's like, Ooh, okay. Something might happen to, to Max's engine. This is the new thing that Lewis used to do when he, yeah. him and Mercedes are winning of dude, my tires are dead. These tires aren't going to last. Man. Yeah. What are you doing on this tire? Why'd you put me on this tire? It's, it's the new thing. Uh, now to me with with Max and oh my upships aren't working because I feel like he says it all the time. Mm. Yeah, I I, I uh, Miami was definitely better than Baku, hundred percent. Like it, it, to me, Miami was a total standard F one race. Um, there were some great passes, um, and yeah, Red Bull just kind of ran away from it. But at least strategically, it was kind of interesting from between Max and Checo. It, it was inevitable, it felt like, that Max was going to win, but it was at least interesting to me. Um, but at least at least it wasn't Baku. That race was truly boring to me. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see where things go. I'm hoping, like... I'm hoping, like, something... Something miraculous happens over the summer break. That, mm-hmm. Something that at least hints to next year being better. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, it, it, it's it's interesting. I, I feel like if you took Red Bull out of the picture, I feel like we'd all be going like, "Wow, this season's pretty fucking great." Yeah, we'd be you know? we'd be talking the about Fernando f- Alonso's comeback <laughs> to, to yeah, being a fucking yeah. champion. Because <laughs> the whole field is relatively tight um, outside of Red Bull. You know, it's just I don't know. They're just so far ahead. Everyone's got to figure out a way to catch them. I, I so this is a joke, but I saw in a. Uh, in a Discord watch-along for the F1, uh, Adrian Newey should be forced to work for a different team every year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I saw that too. I saw that too. Or I also saw a great comment on Reddit was, uh, Adrian, like, they should turn F1 into a spec series, but Adrian Newey designs the cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That would be that would be interesting. Yeah, apparently he signed a contract extension with Red Bull. Yeah. So, I don't know. Expect more of it. Uh, But, you know, Mercedes has, they've shook their stuff up. James Allison is now their uh, chief technical guy who, uh, he designed a lot of their, you know, championship winning cars. And he designed, I didn't know that too, like he designed a lot of uh, Ferrari cars at, when Michael Schumacher was dominating at Ferrari, uh, both the Renaults that um, Fernando Alonso won his championship. So, dude knows what he's doing. It's just he's got to take a turd and make it sing, you know? Yeah. So, see where that'll go. Uh, yeah. yeah. We got a little bit of a break here, though. Yeah. Then a triple header. Yeah. Imola, Monaco, Spain. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's where we should leave it. Um, We'll talk to everyone out there. We'll we'll talk to you about video games next week. Maybe next week at the time I talk about Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) I doubt that because you'll be playing Zelda, and I probably will be too, (laughs) unfortunately. (laughs) Well, a guardian sword is kind of like a lightsaber. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Y'all know what to do. Give us ratings, reviews, shares with your friends, all that good stuff. Um, we'll be back next time to talk about video games and maybe some other things. We'll see. Um, but until then, be good to each other. Play your video games and... Daddy.